One card short, the Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast that is definitely going to be always one day late because I'm not going to edit it properly. As long as it comes out by the 29th As of long, September. Yes, this is a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Yu-Gi-Oh! with, um, I guess, the only person I could do this with, my brother, Jazz oh, Hands. Me. Introduce James. yourselves. Uh, James. That's I'm right. James. It's James is here. Uh, you're yeah. my my brother, my brother, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Is that what <laughs> this what is called? It. This is what it, that's what it's called. Um, so you've always first, had a second brother. That's Yu-Gi-Oh. oh no, a secret a secret second brother, but it's gotta be Yugi. <laughs> so first we're we're going to go straight into um some wacky dacky shit. We're playing a little party game to start us out. So the question is, what is Yu-Gi-Oh? And we're gonna go to the media geniuses to tell us. Mm-hmm. The game goes as follows. You're going to tell me if the statements I read are good descriptions of Yu-Gi-Oh, mm-hmm. accurate descriptions of Yu-Gi-Oh, or descriptions of Yu-Gi-Oh in general. Mm-hmm. So here is our first one. All right. Though it started week last season, Yu-Gi-Oh, the tale of a boy who travels through an underworld of card sharks and monsters... Is that it? ...has topped the rating so far this year among boys under 11. <laughs> okay. I. That's a way to describe it. That's a... Uh... It's not really about an underworld card I don't, game. Yeah, I don't know if I would say underworld or card sharks, personally, um, but I love that. Um, I mean, GX had some of that. So we're going to a very powerful... So you've sort of... You you, you kind of get that one, right? I, I could see how somebody came to that conclusion looking at you, you. All right, so now we're going to go to Christianity today for, for a great... I some great thoughts on Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm. Yu-Gi-Oh shares a basic archetype with all successful children's literature, the triumph of the diminutive over the mighty. It's hard not to see why little boys, tyrannized by a world of older brothers and schoolyard bullies, find escape when Jack defeats a giant, when Frodo helped destroy Sauron, or when the kids in Narnia come out victorious. Yu-Gi-Oh, the movie and the TV show, has much in common with the Harry Potter series. Both Harry and Yu-Gi-Oh are grade school boys with magical powers which they use for good. Each has a nemesis and a better-looking, more popular older boy. (laughs) Harry's imagined world is drawn from pre-Christian European myths like good and bad witches, flying broomsticks, and black cats, while Yu-Gi's is a more eclectic blend of Asian and Egyptian beliefs suffused with science fiction and transforming robots. Is that a description of Yu-Gi-Oh? Some of it. <laughs> uh, not really related I to Harry Potter. I take a lot of... I, I You're don't, the Harry Potter expert. I, I'm pretty sure both Draco and Kaiba are the same age as, as their rivals. Um, Who would read Thus Spoke Zarathustra, though? Oh, that's Kaiba. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about that. I like... I, I, it was 2002. One two thousand two, so sort of understand the sort of knee jerk reaction to immediately talk about Harry Potter, but I wouldn't even say that Yugi has magical powers. He really doesn't. 
He's just got a cool mind palace. Yeah, like with all the stairs and with stuff. With all the stairs. And the stairs on the a, ceiling and on the walls. There's a cool, uh, evil, and then later very nice Egyptian dude in there. I mean, Yugi doesn't have magic powers. You were right about that. Yeah. I mean, it's not even supposed to be related to magic. Because Yu-Gi-Oh, if we're going to get on the metaphysical about Yu-Gi-Oh, the idea is that the spirit of the pharaoh is supposed to be like a potential thing. Like he has a power within himself. And that's what it's about, versus Harry Potter just being about magic. You can cast spells and stuff. Oh yeah, this is a bad game, um, but I'm going to keep going. We've got Yu-Gi-Oh, okay. which translates as Game King, and its story mm-hmm. revolves around a shy boy named, and I'm going to spell it, Y-U-G-I, Yugi, who fights virtual monsters that have gained power from an ancient millennium puzzle that his grandfather helps him solve. Does that happen in Yu-Gi-Oh? No. <laughs> is this an accurate description? Is this a description of Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah. Wait. Wait. Why? The Millennium I, I, they, it says virtual monsters gain powers for the Millennium Puzzle, so that's not true. No. Um, first of all, um, I think that's like trying to describe shadow games. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I don't see. I don't. I've never seen the grandpa help with the Millennium Puzzle. I don't think he cares. Have you ever seen Yu-Gi-Oh in the spirit of Yugi's grandpa in the spirit of the Millennium Puzzle in the same room? Have they ever talked to each other? A question one of our friends posed to us once. I looked at him dead in the face and I said, "I don't know." <laughs> it is. Um, I didn't see a lot of the last season, so it could happen. I. Oh my god. So, how are we feeling on this description of Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, it's it's a it's a it's slightly out of touch, but I guess it's sort of it's not right. No. But it, it has the correct details, <laughs> but not the correct yeah what they actually mean. Yeah, it's interesting. The Millennium items don't really have anything to do with the virtual monsters because they're just that... kind of there. <laughs> they gain power, and then Yu-Gi-Oh messes up its mythology with the Atlantis stuff. So I don't know. Shinyoshi does follow. We, we are on to our next description of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> All right. If you've never understood the appeal of Japanese animation or anime, this film, with its hedgehog-haired hero, angular aesthetics, schlocky mythology, and a, an occasionally sexy-slash-disturbing female, probably isn't going to convert you. Does that describe Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> it seems really accurate. <laughs> yeah, I guess there is an occasional sexy-disturbing female. I just really think that's very funny. <laughs> It just, I was like, wait. Like, somebody saw oh. a harpy lady and was like, ah! I'm a little dark magician girl. I don't know. I don't know, she's just, she's adorable. <laughs> she's not really, like, scary. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, this is just an excuse to read a bunch of out-of-touch articles of, of Yu-Gi-Oh. Anyway, I, I got some more. Many mm-hmm. millennia ago, a pharaoh in the land of ancient Egypt was a fierce competitor. Mm-hmm. That was a, bit, a little bit, uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved breed. He conquered all the lands near his kingdom. When he had run out of enemies on the battlefield, he turned his focus to games. He was victorious over every opponent who challenged him. His thirst for rivalry so consumed him that when he died, his spirit was locked into the mystery of a puzzle. And for more than 3,000 years, he waited to be free from this conundrum. And he was doomed to wander upon this conundrum. He was doomed to wander upon his earthly death. Is that true? What? (laughs) Like, I'm a, sorry. This is a what? weird amount of backstory for the Pharaoh, and I, I haven't seen Millennium I, World in a long time. Uh, and maybe, if ever. Um, I don't think any of that I don't happens. think any of that's true. There was a dragon penis man. Where was he? <laughs> Where was Zork? Okay, there's the same thing about Yui's grandpa. We've gotta 
<laughs> I'm going to just. This is good. We're gonna. We're just gonna mm. keep going. We are. We've uh -huh. moved on. Do you, how do you feel about the media response to Yu-Gi-Oh? Is it measured? Do they understand it? Are they? Are they? Are they trying their best? A little bit of the last two. <laughs> they're, uh, they're doing what we can. They saw it. And we're like, I don't know. They're like, they're like our uncle who fell asleep in the theater. <laughs> That's right. He took me to see it. <laughs> a very excited twelve-year-old, and then he was out. Oh my god! I like a fucking light. Um, I I don't want to just be reading articles about Yu-Gi-Oh. I have some Yu-Gi-Oh mania articles which like are just driving. They're driving me insane, and I need mm. to I need to share them. Yes. Um. So this is um a pretty good one. Her son has at least a hundred of the cards, saying they're in books. They're all over the place. They're all so all over the place. We thought it was going to be a quick phase, Provost, to the woman they're interviewing said, adding that Jack typically receives money to buy the cards when he completes chores around the house. We tried to turn it into a positive. He watches the Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cartoons and plays the video games. We have Yu-Gi-Oh! pajamas, t-shirts. Jake duels with his friends in the neighborhood, she said. They battle with cards in the garage for hours if you let them. Some people, for whatever reason, don't think that's a good thing. He socializes. He's having a good time. He understands the value of money for <laughs> through it. Just like baseball cards or anything, I think he'll eventually grow out of it. Let's. What? What do you? What was your Yu-Gi-Oh childhood experience? I didn't know they had Yu-Gi-Oh pajamas. I would have been on that shit. Um, it, it never ended. That's right. <laughs> Twenty years later, if, we're if, still here. If mom ever said, uh, "I wonder <laughs> if he'll grow out of it," that. That never happens. No. I think mom's response to Yu-Gi-Oh! in general, I would love to talk about. And this That's part of the show, weird. extremely, objectively very funny. She was um, always like, if something was odd, she'd be like, That's weird. It'd get passive aggressive. Um, yeah, it. until we change the channel. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! did say a word. Somebody could did be say a word. threatened to have their legs chopped off. That's right. With dark energy discs, I'm sorry. I think not it's because not she sauce. definitely had too much fun trying to master her Pegasus impression, which she definitely would whip out <laughs> a lot true. when we were younger. Um, oh. Which is pretty funny, I'll say. I, true. Maximilian Pegasus whips ass. Do you remember where we would like play Yu-Gi-Oh! most of the time? I remember in one apartment we lived in, it was like relegated to my room where you guys would, where the, uh, our friend we would play Yu-Gi-Oh! with, you guys would go on the carpet and I would get really bored playing games, so I would always sort of like just watch them and, and sit there and, and vibe. So we would, I would put on in like one of those kid karaoke machines, we would put a soundtrack in and we'd just go to town and I would, I would just be sitting there like sick. Hell yeah. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we probably would have picked the biggest room that we had enough space to get. I don't That's remember. That's true. I don't remember really ever playing the game. Do you remember um, the apartment where the laundry room had Yu-Gi-Oh cards all over the floor? Yeah, and they were all fake. <gasps> I wouldn't have known. <laughs> <laughs> As a child, I would have been like, these look weird. These look weird. I don't know why. I... <sighs> I love, I'm, this is a Baltimore Sun article where every single kid who they interview says the funniest shit on earth, so I'm just going, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep reading you articles, mm -hmm. and we can use them as like a window to talk about our experiences with Yu-Gi-Oh! as yeah. kids. I'm crazed and freaked out about it. It's like Pokemon, but it's strategic, really strategic. I guess. I guess. Is there the it takes a lot of brain power. I drew a couple of my good cards. That's when he handily beat a master. That's great. I'm 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 proud of these kids. 
The characters are really cool. Pokemon is for babies with cute, cuddly monsters. This is the Japanese anime that is really hot now. That's actually a Yu-Gi-Oh! promoter. (laughs) That was not a child. Four kids cannibalizing their own audience. That's that's right. <clears throat> this is this is the best kid on earth. This is Zach Dy- Dickman. Dykeman, I don't know. People get into trouble for sneaking cards into school, but I carry my cards with me wherever I go. I like the artwork and the violence. <laughs> yeah, I love the violence. I, I'm sorry, let me correct the order. He said it was, I like the violence and the artwork, which is... He had to clean it up, because he's like, oh, I can't have my mom find out that I like the violence. <laughs> he likes the violence. No, I like the artwork. It's nice. Oh my god. <laughs> I, do, I do like the artwork. I think Yu-Gi-Oh! Remember, had some interesting artwork. Sorry. I, I don't know about you, because we're like, a, we have a year of age difference, so sometimes I would be in elementary school still while you would be in middle school. But I know that my, uh, specifically one of the elementary schools I went to was just like a total shit show as far as card games and everyone was just doing uh, illicit gaming all around the school so they would have to ban everything. Uh, the Yugi cards, as my principal said, I know you know this story obviously, we all know this, they got banned, uh, Gay Blades got banned because boys were playing in, in the bathrooms. Yeah, those Beyblades, that's... She didn't know the name of anything. The principal just said everything just imagine wrong. getting on the intercom. The gay blades. The gay blades are banned. Are banned. Uh, okay. How do you think the office was? Oh my like the god. The secretary sitting at the just desk. Like, <laughs> just covering oh, their mouth. Oh no. So I don't know if you ever remember Yu-Gi-Oh getting banned at your school. I know you like didn't play at school since you were just sort of playing mm. at home with our friends. I don't remember much at school. I think like one time, like a kid was like, "Oh, you still like Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, if I ever find the cards, I'll give them to you." And Hell- like, somewhere oh, yeah. in so, this room, because everybody sort of knew you were really into Yu-Gi-Oh in high school. I mm. remember when we had like a good boy raffle where we used to get good boy dollars. I- um, I had school, so many, and you gathered many of them, and they had Yu-Gi-Oh dual discs on 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 the raffle. I didn't know the other half of this. The story. other half of the story is that me and all of my other friends that you hung out with would just stuffed the raffle case, so we like made sure you would get it. We were, I thought it was just me. We were we were closing the ranks to make sure you got that dual disc because literally no one else deserved it. <laughs> you were. You're the Yu-Gi-Oh guy on campus. I still, I still am. I, I have to say, as far as Zach is concerned, I agree. I loved the violence and the artwork. That was, that was, it was mesmerizing to look at the art style. The art style is cool. The issue that Yu-Gi-Oh art has now is very anime. Like, no offense to it, it's cool. It's just different. Yeah, but I was very morbid. I know, I definitely something I talk about a lot on the main podcast. I was very morbid. I loved darkness and occult shit, and I was just but not the card game. I I didn't. I was not into the card game very I don't know much. How you I could watch it. other. No, I it was Yu-Gi-Oh is like, <laughs> it's 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 twisted, man. There's lots of insane things that happen, and even no matter how, four kids tried so hard to censor the violence and the artwork, but by, by uh, bright, oh, they did by brightening up the frame by a million oh, shades where did. it looks like total ass. Um, which is unfair because we are such a pro four kids podcast, (laughs) which is, uh, I'm going to get, we're going to get a lot of hate for that, but I think the dub is really funny. It is. Um, I think it's it's, intentionally really funny. It's really funny. It's really hammy. A lot of the jokes hit for me and they're supposed to be funny. Like it's just supposed to be a hammy, funny dub, but like I loved, I loved shadow games. I loved like that part where it's like highly implied, but cut around that Bakura fucking steals 
uh, Pegasus's eyeball. I loved that. that Don't was, worry, he, he that got was better. Epic. That was I love I love how all of the characters like vamp really hard, and like the anime had to be like he's not dead. He's not dead. And then he shows up in like other episodes. In I'm GX. telling you, he's not dead. And the movie Bonds Beyond Time. He's not. He's not dead. He, he was just too cool. I think in the manga he dead. He's dead after that. Yeah, he totally Before, died. Like, kills him. Um, did you like feel anything about the violence? I again, I was compelled by it. I. I mean. <laughs> or did you just like the game? I think we're on we're a yin yang situation with this, where I was like very into the occult violence stuff, but not the card game, and you were into the card game. As a child, I don't <laughs> know. Like now, it's very much. I could watch it and go, okay, here's how the card game works, and here it fits together, even when they do things that are blatantly wrong. We'll get to that. But, we'll, uh, get, we'll get to that. Oh, who cares? As a child, it was just an experience. I don't really know how to put it. It was, it was, just it was so one different thing. from everything else. I know you talked about how, you've talked to me about it, how it sort of eclipsed any other anime you were interested in as a kid. It was a revelation. It, it came at the end of the Pokemon mania the last few years of that, like the late 90s. So, because it was like yeah. 2001. And that came out, so Pokemon interest was kind of waning, and I only got a game every other generation. You know, the anime just kept going. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. you get out of it. I still like Pokemon, not as much. Yeah. But um, okay. Yu-Gi-Oh! kind of came and just, I don't know. Just, I of... saw half that first episode that one day, and my brain was just like, it changed forever. Oh. Do you, do you remember, like, the first time you saw Yu-Gi-Oh? Very vaguely. Very and vaguely. It is what that's I fair. So just you just saw, like, half an episode caught, like, and the... you were like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I caught, like, the half that first episode. I don't, I can't. The like, premiere? I, I can't I don't remember. Know. It, was, just, it was definitely in late September just, of 2001. Well, yeah. yeah, it aired September 29th, according oh, to my... really. The press release. I was going to say release. the VHS. Ooh, let's let's the, let's read a press release next. But that says September like fifteenth. I and it was delayed for I, obvious reasons. I I thought Yu Gi Oh was so cool. It was like my first uh, imaginary fan fiction that I would make up in my head was like uh, uh like fucking Joey by hurt comfort during the Ori Calcos arc. It's so embarrassing. They would like go well, to like some diner in Domino City and they would talk about their feelings. Uh, mm. Which, if you read any of my actual fan fiction that I produced as a teenager and adult, it is exactly I stayed that way. <laughs> it's exactly that. That's that exactly exactly that's exactly my bag, and it was the first my first real fan fiction I would think about. And sometimes I would swipe the game pieces, the join my game pieces. This is literally baby's first ship. <laughs> Pretty much. It's it's weird that she's twenty five canonically. That that is just like hello. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the the game didn't actually come out for like a few months after that. Like it was like spring of oh two thousand two. I remember so... going into like Newberry Comics not to dox us as being <laughs> New Englanders, but I remember going into Newberry Comics and seeing the card packs. They even had the foreign card packs. Yeah, they would. I, I would see them in Spanish, and I would be like, "Whoa, people who speak other languages play Yu Gi Oh." It was weird. I remember too. We'd just be like, "Man, how they make the show every week?" We, we didn't know how right right we were. <laughs> thinking they made the show we were dumb week. children and the worst part is that's pretty much how the animators are treated when once I you know. find out the behind the scenes shit show that is the it's, anime production it's kind of funny we were both right and wrong about that 
I I dug all of the weird hokey for kids marketing stuff. Like I loved the little spots that WB would do when they would like talk to other characters and stuff like that. Like I think they I've, they had I their own they they had their own like CN city, but for WB characters, be... just seeing that that the that era with those colors and the WB logo, I just automatically think about Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, there was one where they were running a Yu Gi Oh like camp. And Shaggy has the Yu-Gi-Oh hair. I think I showed it. I think I sent you, sent you that. Oh my god. I just, I remember, like, just, like, going around looking for Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, like, hoping to see it at, like, your your blockbuster in the poster section or, or whatever. It's just, like, loved Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually pretended to hate out. it for a little while. I was, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh sooner. I was like, I can't like the same thing my brother likes. That's so lame and uncool. I like Harry Potter more. We all um, did the same thing. Yeah, I was like, but I was up every fucking Saturday to see the new episode, <laughs> so who really hated Yu-Gi-Oh, huh? <laughs> you were all about the hamsters, and I, I was loved, like, I don't... I loved ham-hams. I, I loved... can appreciate it now as an adult, but as a child boy, I was like, I can't... I, what is this? I loved extremely cute and extremely dark things, which... <laughs> Sort of is the the coding for why I'm a fucking Higurashi weirdo now, because um, <laughs> it's got a little little taste. A little of bit both. Of both. I loved when you would find out when the other kids would talk to you about like uncensored Yu-Gi-Oh scenes, and they would be like, "There's this scene where Bakura eats a steak like a crazy dude," <laughs> and everyone would be like, "Oh, censorship!" And you would like get a complex about it as when you got older. I feel like I've moved past it where I can say the four kids dub was funny as it was. There's this. There, there is. This this really weird thing about like oh Yu-Gi-Oh so dark and edgy like people are like that and I don't know why I love it though <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry this is a, t- a tangent we've gone on just because of the violence and the artwork phrase but I, I do want that's to go true. on this tangent we've kind of gone off but yeah um, like when people talk about Yu-Gi-Oh they are like oh that four kids no cool they original we got violence oh artwork <laughs> we got violence we got artwork I was, I, I think there was some stuff in Yu-Gi-Oh that scared me a little bit, as much as I was, like, definitely fascinated by it. I mean, um, the concept I, of being eternally damned to another oh, dimension I, because of four kids. Yes, that freaked me out. I was, I was, we were Catholics. <laughs> that freaked me out so much. Which is when, funny. When Mai gets, like, suffocated mm. in the hourglass, that scared me so much. It's pretty like, terrifying. <laughs> I was gonna say it's funny because of all the weird occult shit in it. Mom didn't say <laughs> Mom didn't anything. Say anything. She would be. Like, you know, again, she'd like be I on said, that. She would always be on it, but I think she was either not awake when we were watching it, or or she was just like watching the episodes with like the funny and doing the funny voices because she thought the voices were funny. Like they I think though. it was just that like perhaps she knew that we would be like it's my way or the highway if she tried to get rid of Yu-Gi-Oh we would be like I'm sorry we're actually running away we're I taking mean, all of our, we're putting our Yu-Gi-Oh being. cards in a little hobo bundle and we're leaving <laughs> mother we're going to go get adopted by some cool guy that likes Yu-Gi-Oh we're gonna go find Yu-Gi's <laughs> grandpa in real life yeah sorry mom we're leaving it's, we're it's... becoming emancipated at age fourteen. <laughs> Just kidding, it would have been like 8 and 9. Yeah, when Yu-Gi-Oh started, it was When Yu-Gi-Oh started, if we had been banned from watching Yu-Gi-Oh, we would have had a fucking fit. It's probably something she had to experience, because Jackie, was our our oldest sister, was a little bit older than us, and had like a huge Sailor Moon phase, and there were a lot of, you know, monsters and weird shit in Sailor Moon. She was violent, though, a little bit as a teen. Yeah, but Sailor Moon didn't cause it. (laughs) No, I'm saying if she would have done that, Jackie would have had none of that. That's fair. I, I wonder, I, I always wondered what she thought of those shows we really liked. 
since she was like in the older age. Yeah, but she thinks twenty years later and we're still watching it. I would love to talk about Yu Gi Oh um <laughs> with, like, with other siblings. I'm like it's time to siblings. watch five or six episodes of sevens in a row. Hopefully you enjoy this. I I would not do that to anyone. I I would personally not watch Yu Gi Oh uh, sevens. I could watch Yu Gi Oh five Ds. Puppies is the greatest anime ever written. So that's like a little bit of an experience with like Yu Gi Oh as kids buying Yu Gi Oh merch, finding stores with Yu Gi Oh stuff, hanging out, talking about Yu Gi Oh, playing Yu Gi Oh, listening to the soundtrack. We're all we about it. That. We're all about it, huh? So we haven't talked about the music. We haven't talked about the music. Music to duel by. I'm gonna give us a couple of the more funny, uh, some of the more media quotes to see how you feel about them. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. In the United, this is from the New York Times, actually. Mm. In the United States, Yu-Gi-Oh appears to be causing less school disruptions than Pokemon cards, which were banned by some schools. Parents and school administrators may look more favorably upon Yu-Gi-Oh because it relies on intellect. This is sort of something we saw before in another quote. If nothing else, the card game requires players to speak to one another and not stare at a video screen. Cognitively, kids will use will use their left brains to figure out a strategy, more linear thinking. They'll they'll pull out social skills. Still, Dr. Eggleston said the game was ultimately like others, a competition with the goal of winning. That, however, was not a bad thing. This is part of the reality of growing up. Part of the reality of growing up, she said, is having a kid dupe you out of a valuable card. I got duped out of a valuable card. You did. I thought I was getting- I got like 16 cards. One of them was a hamster, and then one of them was Rescue Cat. They were cuter. (laughs) My one critique of this news article is, did they forget Pokemon had a card game? Because my first thought was like, Pokemon had a card game too? This is weird because I actually never understood how to play the Pokemon card game. I don't. Like, I knew how to play the Yu-Gi-Oh card game because each card had instructions on it. Well, in in concept, it's not. It's a pretty straightforward. You know, like summon monster, attack. Then you have a, the other two categories of cards to back you up. That's really it. I know somebody's gonna be like, it's way more complicated than this. Hey, I've got a Yu-Gi-Oh arc five question. What yes. do you think is the summoning method that requires the most brain power, the most strength of character, the most Sugoku <laughs> Tsuyoi? <laughs> I don't know. Was, do you think it's when you put the card on top of the other card? And oh, like, see, that's pretty hard. Yeah, it's pretty hard to do that. Sorry. Actually, through through these media quotes, that was my last one, we got to the things I wanted to talk about, which was our, our earliest Yu-Gi-Oh! memories. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry there's a truck going to be backing up the whole time in the background, and I don't care <laughs> if anyone hears it. I'll kill, I'll kill you if you get mad at me. So we talked. So we did talk about our Yu-Gi-Oh! memories. I got to talk about my baby shipping experience. Um... Do you have, like, a, a, a certain thing, like, Yu-Gi-Oh thoughts you used to have? Or, like, a, a little fanfiction in your head or anything like that? Or were you just thinking about the game, mostly? At the time? I can't recall. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I have a, I have 20 a, I have a fr- I'm sorry, I have a very strong memory for this stuff, and also it comes up a lot in my main podcast, so... Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I've spent a lot of time reflecting we can talk on, about that at, on that stuff. Another um, point, maybe, if I remember. Yeah. I know. I do know you definitely doodled Yu-Gi-Oh stuff everywhere. I tried. Um, you tried. That's not good. It's very hard to draw Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> it's it's got it's got a lot of artwork and a it's lot. Got of that hedgehog hair. And the, and the sexy ladies. It's hard. Me me getting kicked out of a class for drawing. A, 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 I didn't get kicked out of class for drawing anything. So that's that's not even true. This whole podcast is just gonna be me breathing into the mic. Oh no! I'm gonna be breathing into the mic. 
I think that's good. We we talked about the phenomenon. We talked about our personal relationship to it. We talked about stuff like that. I'm just getting my. Yeah. So this is um, I do have reviewing the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh four times. We did watch it because we watched the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh four ways, which is of course the dub, the uncut dub, subtitled, and the Singapore English dub, which is fantastic. You should treat yourself to watching that right it's now. It's interesting. So, um, let's sort of, let's dig into those. So just, we're just gonna go What do you think the about first the first episode. episode of Yu-Gi-Oh? This is an episode about for beginnings, so we're gonna talk about the first episode I've... of Yu-Gi-Oh. This is not gonna be an episode-by-episode episode review show, we though. We kind of covered the overall plot, maybe. Yeah. If we want. We can do beat by beat. Um, we'll talk about my favorite part, which is, um, Kaiba reading Zarathustra. <laughs> he was. That was cut out of the English one. Uh, we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. So, a breakdown of the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Since I've been talking too much, you do it. Okay. Oh, so... actually, on a fifth one, we've, of course, obviously watched Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged first episode. <laughs> I've seen that stuff in a million years. Oh, I haven't thought it about Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged for a long time. Yeah. So long. It's wild. Okay, sorry. I would have given up first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. Let's talk about it. Uh, the overall plot? Yeah, give us a okay. summary. Give us the blow-by-blow. Okay. Blow. Don't tell me which cards they play. I'll, I'll, I, I don't remember. I will come across, the, I'll come across the room and, and stab you. <laughs> I will look, throw look, a Yu-Gi-Oh card and it will sink into your skin. Like we the we are you... actively sitting on the floor to record this, so it really does feel like playing <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh as kids. <laughs> I was going to say, like in that episode where he throws it and it lands on the guy's gun. Like, Oh my god. Yeah, we. I just need one of those like fifty card stacks. That was like way too many. I did have Yu-Gi-Oh cards at a certain point in time, but I I wasn't. I, I eventually got rid of them just because I I I have bad focus when it comes to playing games. I have the <laughs> the sort of ADHD that makes it not fun to play games. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if we're gonna go back to the yes. main story, just so it opens up with the you know the eye opens up and it's just like. In ancient Egypt, is that how we want to do this, or just yeah, yeah. we you you can do that, but I that's the framing device. That's like, yeah, that tells us what we need to know sort of about the you, first Mr. Pharaoh. few episodes. I think did that where it was just like you know these games come from ancient Egypt and stuff, mm -hmm. and you know then it cuts to them in school, and Kaiba's there that's for right. reasons. Kaiba's there. How old I believe is he supposed it starts. To be? Okay, so I read somewhere that in the four kids dub they made him eighteen, which does mean he's twenty one drunk streeting into like Yu Gi Oh is what Yugi's like. I told him Yu Gi Oh. Yugi's what freshman junior class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I well, think I is really funny. I think I like, hope that's true. I think they're almost like graduating. Almost, yeah, they the do show, graduate in Dark Side of Dimension. The show this is, like, ends. Post graduation. Well, the sto the story. The story ends. ends uh, okay. Dark Side Dimensions is a sequel to the manga. It's an epilogue to the manga, not the anime. I feel like a bad Yu-Gi-Oh fan that I haven't read the manga, and also Me I either. haven't seen Millennium World. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> we'll get to it. But yeah, they're playing the game, the hot new game, mm -hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh. And Joey's And they're there. all enjoying it. I love Joey. Um, and his deck's just full of monsters. His deck's full of Because he can't monsters. play the game. He can't play the game. And then they go to the, the grandpa's card shop, they're, and they're then some... Kaiba shows up and he's like, you got the blue eyes. Yeah, because I think there's, like, something, like, Yugi says his grandpa has a special card, and he's going to show it to them. Yeah, so, and, and it like, does, like, Kill Bill Sirens to Kaiba. And he's Kaiba like, looks up. 
He looks up from Zarathustra, which is, again, objectively the funniest thing he could be reading. Could you explain Zarathustra for the people? Oh, God. I read that, like, a couple of years ago. Just, the, just like, the gist of what? It's it's Nietzsche, in Nietzsche, Nietzsche right? Nietzsche, yeah. Yeah, so it's Nietzsche. <laughs> uh, I know that. Uh, I know it's... That's ooh, that's a it's hard to describe. Is it a it's a philosophical yes. plot plot based story though, right? I think so. Which is again a very funny doubt. thing for him to be reading. Um, There's probably a like a reason the di- director put in there. Oh yeah, there there definitely is. And now we'll go. We're we're back into the the Kaiba makes a funny face at the camera. Then we go to the yeah. <laughs> then we go to the game shop. Well then, Kaiba Kaiba wants the card. Grandpa's like card is precious to me no amount of money can uh will make me sell it and kaiba's like throws his briefcase down and is like listen old man here's this suitcase of trading cards oh my god and they're why is there they're all like grandpa you gotta trade for all these suitcase of trading cards this is like what we were talking about when i got tricked into uh giving away what was it my like dark magician or something like that for a bunch of shitty cards because it was a bunch of shitty cards, <laughs> and also they were cute. <laughs> look, look, we didn't have TCG players. Have you seen Rescue Cat lately? It's a cat with a little helmet, like, tilted on it, and it looks so fucking cute. <laughs> yeah, so it's... it's I, like, would, I would let, I would give Kaiba my blue eyes for a rescue cat. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the point of that scene was to set up to Yugi and his friends, the cards mean more than just the value they have. Except Joey. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants power. <laughs> He's a meathead. So, so then and they Kaiba... don't mean anything to Tristan. You're right. <laughs> so, sorry. Tristan is the one. Tristan's job in the, the Yukio show is to stand there. At, at least Taya's job is to stand there and talk as well. <laughs> <laughs> what if there were two Yukis? I'm sorry for delaying your, your beautiful summer. I keep trying to go forward and you're stopping. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, so Kaiba storms off and he's like, the cards are all about power, not That's about right. friendship and sentimental value. So then he decides to kidnap Grandpa. <laughs> That's right. And, and duel the old man into submission. Okay. Happens a good guy. And that's when he calls Yuki about it, right? He calls him yeah. and like, come, come get your dilapidated grandma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they go to the Kaibacore building, and he's, he's the grandpa's lying on the ground, and <laughs> Yuki cold. runs up to him, and he's like, Grandpa! Grandpa, no! He's like, take these terrible playing cards <laughs> and go out. beat Kaiba. <laughs> they pull him out in a stretcher with an oxygen mask. It's so intense. And they draw the friendship symbol on their hands before they follow Grandpa <laughs> to the hospital. I did, took me 20 years to realize that it was a smiley face. Oh my god. I was, I was a so, dumb child. I was so mad when I noticed it was a smiley face because I just thought it was a bunch of fucking shit on their hands. I just thought it was just like a bunch of shit just they just I, she just drew some shapes i couldn't like put it together as a child i just looked at it i was like mm. i've seen that episode like a hundred times that's right and i just didn't notice and then and then yugi and kaiba duel and yes. it's not like the tabletop duel in the beginning it's edgy and tech real monsters that's right the monsters are <laughs> become real the longer we play and the more damage they do duel masters <laughs> Oh, good, so good. I would love to talk about Duel Masters. <laughs> not confirming. Not now. Not now. Not confirming that we're doing anything with Duel Masters. We would not. Because <laughs> somebody will be like, what are you going to do with the Duel Masters? Like, guys, when are you going to do Duel Masters like, no, episode? I love that. Duel Masters, but that's not relevant right now. <laughs> oh, so, Yugi and no. Kaiba Duel, um, 
Yeah, so we get the thematic thread that kind of follows through the rest of the show, really, in this one moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, not one moment, the diddle. Yeah. The whole it's, point. It's about, it's about um, how some things are more important than power. <laughs> yeah. <up>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've talked about this at length, but just to kind of briefly summarize the whole... That's why I said the scene with the grandpa is very important, because it's, again, the setup for this moment. So the idea is... That Yugi is supposed to be kind of like what Kazuko Takahashi thinks about games. It's about how people connect with other people through that interaction. That's right. But sitting across your opponent and playing a game. and Or podcasting. Whereas Kaiba is the opposite. He's like, this is power and how he, you know, has to to, gets a status and whatnot. Fair, he used Yu-Gi-Oh to make his adopted dad kill himself <laughs> Well, it's slightly more complicated. It's, it's more complicated than that. Um, he bought he all the ex- shares in his company. Um, yeah, he explained the concept to Mokubo with Using Yu-Gi-Oh. the cards, you're right. He didn't use Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut this part. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want. I can't be wrong about Kaiba. Kaiba's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Kaiba's good. Kaiba's good. So yeah, the whole point I was trying to make is that's the kind of rivalry that kind of flows through. It's especially important that, in that the epilogue. rivals are foils, and they yeah. mean something to the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah, so Yugi wins. He does the My Grandpa's deck has no prophetic cards, Kaiba, but it does contain an Exodia. Exodia obliterates him. And now, we're gonna have to ask the dub- question Exode Fire or Exodia Obliterate? Exodia Obliterate is so much funnier and more iconic. It's probably where I learned the word Obliterate. It's honestly cooler. There are sometimes there'll be like an SAT word in Yu Gi Oh! and I find that very good. I like that. <laughs> it's like a little extra thing I can understand now that I'm watching Yu Gi Oh! again as an adult because I have nothing better to do I with I mean, that life. phrase is so good that Exodia, we just use it. Exodia Obliterate is just so fucking funny. Uh, and also, it's it does so sound powerful. badass. Like, if you're seven, you're gonna be like, that's the most badass shit I've ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah. It was so raw when he mind-crushed him. <laughs> and Exodia yeah, yeah. So the point of that was just to kind of break him out of that cycle and hopefully to get him to think, and of course Kaiba doesn't. Kaiba's not thinking. No. <laughs> Kaiba's brain is... He then leaves the company to his his brother. Do I at least set up that? Yeah. Okay, so the, the, the whole thing about Duelist Kingdom is to get Yugi on an island to beat him at a card game so that Industrial Illusions will merge with Kybercorp. Okay. That's the takeover. And the reason why this is happening is because the stock prices took a hit mm-hmm. when Kaiba lost. Oh, that's really funny. That's, that's the setup. That's, that's the setup for so Duelist Kingdom. I think if Yu-Gi-Oh... <laughs> if the characters in Yu-Gi-Oh were real, I would definitely have like a very strong schadenfreude anytime Kaiba was trending. Because like as a as a fictional character, I love Kaiba. He's so dramatic. He's, he's so funny. He uh, he's funny in the dub and he's serious in the original. And I like both versions of him. Like Eric Stewart. Eric man. Stewart gives such a fun performance. We'll talk about what we like about the dub as we keep Blast going. Blast him with your blue eyes again. Uh, it's it, he's great. 
but if he was a real person, I would fucking hate him. I would, I would, I would be making memes to make fun of him all the time. Yeah, to to a degree, that's why they gave the author gave him Mokuba to kind of make him somewhat grounded in a reality that we could Can understand. Can you imagine Kaiba going to the zoning board at Dark Side of Dimension so that he could bribe them, so that he could make his fuck all huge tower to space, and now everybody has to drive around that every day at work. Like I would hate space him. Elevator. I'd be like, it's Kaiba's fucking huge space towers taking a bunch of fucking space in our town and now the airplanes can't fly the way they used to <laughs> we're gonna save the movie discussion oh we're gonna we're gonna talk. do a deep deep dive movie discussion this uh, is about first episodes well well it's important to set that put that in the audience's brain that's right the we're whole, gonna talk about that's gonna movies. be the anchor of the i'm excited of watching all the that movies. is dark side of dimensions i'm i'm really excited to watch the three movies or are we gonna watch the Toei Yu-Gi-Oh! movie as well. Just the Toei Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like about... an OVA, We didn't even though. mention that one. I will talk about Toei Yu-Gi-Oh! in a second. What are we gonna... Um, we can... We can we're, it's not that Now we're talking about... We're gonna say, talk about the but... different permutations, so mm. I think we okay. can... Okay, so we're talking about the first episode. I know that ultimately... I mean, I'm finished. The... Yes, we talked about what happened episode. in the first episode. Uh, I feel it's a pretty good first episode. I can always go back to it and enjoy it. Um... And we have enjoyed it in many forms. I've seen it too many times. Um, what's, what's your favorite? Dub, sub, uncut, or sing- Singapore? <laughs> Outside of the Singapore, they're all really similar. They all feel I think, like... I think they stay about the same. I think the uncut sounds awkward as hell. <laughs> it, it, it is, because they tried too hard to make it sound like the original. Yeah. Uh, like I'm I, like he he definitely Yugi definitely like says something like the grandpa <laughs> at some point <laughs> he refers to him as the grandpa. Oh no, we is, gotta get the grandpa. We, mu- we must. I must. I must reclaim the grandpa. Like something <laughs> insane like that. Though it is funny. It's funny to to hear the um to hear the more serious version of the performance performances from them. I I mean I really like the lead actors in Yu Gi Oh. I think I think they re- I think they do a really fun. Job. Eric Stewart, they, fantastic. um, I love the fact that uh, Eric Stewart has literally said that obviously since he was the he was the director he was the director and he just couldn't find anyone who sounded right for Kaiba (laughs) and he's just sort of like went in the booth and did did his voice but a little bit meaner and and he and everyone was like yeah that'll work (laughs) oh he's too good because I bet people read the copy and probably tried to do stupid voices for him like I can't picture anybody else I it's really it's really hard to picture because he does have like a a hyper manly Japanese guy voice I think the Japanese voice is really good as well he's got Um, that like it's hard to put into words but you know the one if you watch enough anime you know you can you can hear him call himself Um, Orisama exactly I I think one of the funniest things about uh, Japanese Kaiba is that he doesn't use honorifics for anyone he's just fucking rude I wouldn't have picked up on that, but um, that makes too much which sense. Which is, I love that about him. It was honestly, we did this like last year, we were watching the first episode in all these different forms, because it was just something to do uh, during uh, quarantine hell. Yeah. And I thought it was really fun, honestly. I I, I enjoyed it. They they are, like you said, uh, the, the, the three of them that aren't the Singapore dub are very similar. Nice. Like, the, the sub, the really only difference with the sub is that you get kind of like... There's not even that many jokes in that episode. I was gonna be like, there's no. not really four kids is not writing on top of the show to make. It was there pretty be more straightforward. Jokes. So what I remember seeing it and going, huh, it's pretty pretty much well, the it's same. It's pretty much the same. I think it's just Exode Fire. 
Yeah, um, they did change that. And, and then I think call. a lot of people don't know about the Singapore dub because it's pseudo-lost media. Let's talk it about is. the Singapore dub. Um, All I ever remember really remember is Soggy the Dark Magician and I said what? They do call the, the monsters all the cards the are wrong, wrong. Name. <laughs> they call all the monsters the wrong names all of the performances sound really weird, All it sounds like they're all on different microphones and they're bad microphones uh, which I can say because I'm a podcaster and I've, I've recorded bad things and when we watched uh, Super, oh, Super Yo-Yo made by the same dub yeah, company. Yeah, like they all have the same five voice actors oh and they all God. do a terrible it's, job. I, I, no do, offense, I do hope more of the dub gets re- recovered though because it it's very funny. There's, um, a lot of, there's a lot of it now. They found a lot of it, but not oh, all of it. That's wonderful. So I would I would suggest mm. digging into that and digging to, into compilations of it. I think uh, Ruggington, the YouTuber, has a lot of compilations. His content's good. That person is is so great. So that's talking about Yu-Gi-Oh and beginnings. What what mm. other feelings do you have? Are we ready to? I mean, do you have any read fan fiction? Do I have any questions Yu-Gi-Oh. for you? Like any do burning question. Do you want to talk about you Toei Yu-Gi-Oh? It doesn't really fit anywhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's so always hard to talk about it. The frustrating thing that I have is it's always presented as this weird oddity, like oh. Look at this Yu-Gi-Oh! So different, so violent. Remember like, when oh. you got that Pojo that had like a summary violent of every episode? It, it says "Violent Knife Game on the Rooftops," and we thought that was the funniest thing anyone had ever said for years. I don't even remember. I don't even think they have a violent knife game on the roof. They don't. I don't know why they wrote that summary. Maybe it's in the manga, and uh, somebody just was like, "Hey, it's based on the manga. Don't worry." About I'm that. I'm gonna keep it real with you. Megumi Ogata is a fucking fantastic Yu-Gi-Oh! Yugi though. She does a great job. I I, I think she the, she can do cute and bloodthirsty really well. The only thing I really remember is the hamburger episode where the guy breaks out of jail. There's this other guy, the copycat guy, who's pretending to be him, and then he takes a job as a manager at a burger place that all of Yugi's friends are starting to work at, and there's this weird joke that Tay is a sex worker. It's really weird. It's really weird. I don't really know. I don't know why that episode happened. But, um, we but got the... the ketchup. <laughs> Angry ketchup with squirt. Is that from the original? No, yeah, yeah that happens in there. Okay. I was just going to say, we got that shadow game where he can't yes. move. Oh and he's pouring God. the vodka on himself, and Yugi just drops the lighter on his head. I've read, the rules. I've read some of the beginning stretch of the manga, and it is honestly so fun to read. It's so weird. Um, it kind of, once they realize that the card game was the way to go, it kind of shifts there is also away from a the really original fun concept. reanimated version of that, the that burger episode you're talking about. It's got a lot of funny animation in it, and I enjoy it a ton. Yeah, there was also one where they fight with yo-yos. That was another one. Yes. The digital pet one was another one. <laughs> the digital one. pet one was wild. One um, where they a uh, theme park with the Ferris wheel. I think there's one where they do like a sukiyaki uh, griddle oh, fight. We're missing the best one where the, where Joey has a crush on that nurse of the hospital. Oh my and God. Yugi has to no. fight the guy at golf. And no. he uses a stethoscope. Yes. It gets a hole in one. I think if you just like watching just like really, really bizarre stuff, I think it's really fun to watch. It's also fun to see cell animated Yu-Gi-Oh! Since that's based on, I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! started in like the early 2000s, so it probably didn't have any cell animation. The Gallop Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, Gallop Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, Duel Monsters probably didn't have any cell animation. It would have started production in 2000. Yeah, they would have been doing Digipaint by then, I would say. 
that's my best guess. It, somebody can correct me if they really want to. Um, I, I hate being corrected, know. though, so shut up. No, I was just going to say, I have, like, a minor, like, I always get upset when people just refer to it as, like, oh, season zero. And I'm like, no, it's a entirely different thing. That's fair. <laughs> it's just I, a minor nitpick. I feel I like know, people just... have mythologized it to an extent that it, like, really wasn't weird. meant to be. It's not. Because, like, I don't, I don't think, I think... Duel Monsters is a little less bloodthirsty and weird, but I think that the, some of the, the artwork and the violence remains in Yu-Gi-Oh. This is the episode is going to be called well, Artwork and the Violence. We did, <laughs> yes, <laughs> artwork and violence. We did miss the most important bit: Kaiba's green hair for some reason. Everybody loves to talk about that. I do like to use the gif where it's raining and he's really <laughs> angry and he's got his green hair. But yeah, Bandai Bandai was the one putting the card game out, I think, at that time. Yeah, it was a really weird time. It was era a weird time. Video. I'd love to get my hands on some of those early cards. It's a yeah, buy really thing cool. I'll have to do at some point in my life. Do you have any, like, Grail Yu Gi Oh! merch you'd like in your life? <laughs> That's a good question. Oh, yes. It's really tiny, but I just want it. Not physically tiny. I mean, in terms of the grand scheme of things. Yes. I always wanted the blue eyes shining dragon from the movie, the, you know, the, the toy one. And uh, one day it came into the place I worked at, and he was like, dude, it's in the back. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. I looked at it and said, oh, it's broken. Oh. I would have bought it. I so That's, wanted it. Oh. My, I, my girl, merch doesn't exist because they're cowards and they haven't made it, which is a my scale. I would, I would uh, buy the shit out of a scale fi fi figure of my. Um, when I get more money, I need to get the new Stardust Dragon and have, Yusei uh, figures. the Lemon Magician Girl, and she's nice. so cute. Um, she fell yeah. down and broke her hand at one point, which was very upsetting In terms me. of, like, official, official Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, like, not, I, like, I, I Mattel. Some, I want some funny boot. I love the Mattel figures, because they're so <laughs> awkward. Definitely would have to be, like, the Yusei. Yeah, it's the Proplico. Stardust Dragon and the, and the Proplico Dual Disc, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that, that's pretty that's, cool. That's I shit. would like a GX dual disc. Um, they d haven't made one. They yet. haven't because they're just Mattel. like a slightly rounder ones. Mattel has one. Obviously, they haven't made a Japanese one. I don't think they did. This is weird. This is weird news. This is a pit. I don't know. Yeah, we'll I know have, they made I'll a five D's dual disc. Uh, I yeah, don't why think didn't we, they make GX? Everybody get... loves Yu-Gi-Oh GX. <laughs> I love Yu-Gi-Oh GX. <sighs> the one okay. is not too fond of GX. But, uh, Fine, whatever. <laughs> I didn't say it. Dueling zombies was a step too far. We'll get there. I can't there. believe we. Okay, so let's let's talk about right. since we're we, we're this is specifically a nostalgia sprung by the dub's twentieth anniversary. Yes, I want to talk about the dub. Um, yes. I read some very mean forum comments about people thinking Dan Green sucks as an actor, which I'm going to kill all of them. How? Like, I can't comprehend that And they're statement. like, he's got the wrong voice for you. You know, like, doesn't make sense. I think he does a great job. Oh, um, he does great. He can handle both. It's fantastic. He can do two character voices. Yeah. Um, unlike the guy work. in Ar Arc 5 who has to do four character voices and can't and do any of them. Oh, <laughs> awful. Like, the newer Yu-Gi-Oh! dubs are terrible. I just Arc think there's a certain no. amount of fun in 4Kids dubs. I will be the first to admit that obviously 4Kids was a very bad business. 
<laughs> is very exploitive and really shitty about a lot of things, and they they should have lost that lawsuit. With, I was just gonna say, are we gonna talk about that briefly, we or do we want to wait lawsuit. until? I don't have an episode planned to talk about the lawsuit, but I know you researched it a lot and followed it at the time. Well, I followed it at the time, and I found the, the decision. I remember but, you uh, would just like give us an update like every week. <laughs> I was looking at it; it's too long and too legally. It's I couldn't well, comprehend it. To go find a lawyer. But, yeah, so essentially what happened with that is there was an audit by NAS and okay, TV Tokyo nice. because they felt that four kids had underreported their uh, assets generated from Yu-Gi-Oh! The, the income. And that was, you know, the deals with Funimation and Majesco mm -hmm. to produce the one, you know, Game Boy Advance video, which I do have. And the home media releases at the time, the DVD. And what resolution is the Game Boy video in? It doesn't matter. Sub 300. <laughs> must be... It doesn't matter, but I can't imagine that looks good. Oh, it looks like trash. <laughs> I love that. I love that it exists. It I probably plays better than the movie packs. Oh, it probably does. Because they, they release Shrek. And then Shrek and... How is that going to work? What is that, oh. like three pixels? Well, it's worse because the second one, Shark Tale. They released Shrek and Shark Tale as a combo pack, and then Shrek had his own separate one, and they're both terrible. Okay, this is this is getting into the weeds. Because you have to so fit it sorry. on the, like, whatever Meg's that Game Boy Advance cartridge was. Yeah. But we're getting sidetracked. So, so, the lawsuit, basically this was adjudicated in New York, because Forkins was based in New York. Mm -hmm. New, four kids, I think, won the lawsuit because the judge was not convinced of the um, NAS and TV Tokyo's argument, which basically boiled down to is that companies like four kids have the right to sub-license uh, their properties to other things for oh, like geez. merchandise and home video releases that was not outside the realms of the norm, so it was thrown out. And they had their legal fees paid for. And then they went bankrupt immediately after that. Excellent. And then became for licensing. And they were trying to do some kind of kid sports gear. And I don't know what happened after that. I think they I folded. accidentally got onto the... I was trying to look for reviews from people who worked at 4Kids. <laughs> um, uh, there was a couple, a couple low-star reviews on Glassdoor that I couldn't read all of. Um, people were, were like, it's a little bit of a clown show over here. But most of the reviews were like very generic and nice from the employees. Yeah. But I accidentally found another four kids, which appears to be some sort of like Christian initiative to help kids, obviously of some kind. Yeah. Uh, so it's just really funny to see like the four kids uh, received the calling from God, <laughs> which is a very funny sentence to see um, when you're not expecting it. It's like stepping on a rake. <laughs> There's a couple things to mention at the time of the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. So. They were dubbing 5Ds at the time. They stopped. Blamed it on low ratings, but of course it was... You can't. They couldn't continue. There was an injunction against them. So they couldn't actually produce the dub. So that's why episodes of 5Ds were actually cut out. It's a lot of them too, isn't it? Yeah. Jesus. They cut out, like, some stuff before the WRGP. Then the whole final season is gone. And then they went right into the zeal. Zexel. I hate that thing. Like, that's... The, you want to make me mad, you just come up to me and say, Man, Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel! 
and I will like gonna, start freaking your audio out. Your is just gonna be like peaked there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I can see it. But ultimately, what I what I really wanted to say is that like I know four kids is very controversial as far as a lot of their decisions and uh, a lot of their business practices and a lot of their editing of shows. But I just find the dub of Yu-Gi-Oh really charming. I hope I'm not losing my voice. Jeez, it has a spirit of fun. Well, before we get into four kids and dubbing, uh, there's one more thing that I wanted to mention. We saw a video about this a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. At the time of termination, uh, the termination of their license with the uh, four kids, TV Tokyo and NAS want, started to produce their own dub of Zeal through Bang Zoom, I think it was. Yes. And they produced 26 fully localized, fully recorded finished episodes and of course all of that had to go into the garbage when it was determined that four kids was still the rightful legal uh, owner of the license abroad that was another thing that happened and then we also forgot to mention too because the bankruptcy yes there was what had happened was four kids went bankrupt so to pay off their debts they had to sell their properties so that's when Saban came in. And, of course, they, Konami was stepped in, too. Of course, it worked out so that basically for the four kids stuff, like the studio, I think the studio, because they're Konami Cross Media New York. So I think they got Yu-Gi-Oh! in that office space. And that's why Konami produces the dub. That makes sense. So they haven't changed, like, the very much, honestly. No. Yeah, because it seems like I checked out the dub to see whose voice it's directing still, uh, the new... It's still the same people. Yeah, it's... I it's Darren, Darren Dustin. Dustin is doing the newer dubs. Yeah, they I may or may I not be I doing won't, I, won't, I won't say anything about his directing on this podcast. But yeah. But it's not ideal. <laughs> yeah, if you remember, that's when Saban tried to get back into Saturday morning cartoons with mm. the Vertex on CW. Oh, what year is this then? Like 2014, 15? No, earlier than that. 12, 13, maybe okay. 14. So this is before Nick got airing rights to Yu-Gi-Oh! That's also true. That also did happen. It was it was all around. I'm trying to pick. No, no, I, you're right. Because I remember seeing you uh, arc five cards with Nickelodeon stickers on. And Zeal. Zeal aired on Nicktoons. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Okay. So right. it was all around the same time. <laughs> Again, the conspiracy conspiracy a little bit. Ooh. I think that's why the brain stub didn't air when the brain's cards were out because they had a contract with Nickelodeon and Nickelodeon said no, we don't. It did so poorly on Nicktoons. Who would have thought? Yeah. Um, that they just... They probably had, like, a first refusal and said no. And they waited. And then all of a sudden, it appears on Pluto TV. Mm-hmm. So, that's just... I don't have anything to back that up. But that's what I think. Like, I think it was probably just a contractual obligation. But yeah, the Vrain's dub. I remember just going, the Vrain shows up. The Vrain's cards are on the shelf. Mm-hmm. It's being simulcast. Mm-hmm. With subtitles. Yeah. Where's the dub? In Canada. Yep. <laughs> Go to Canada. That's where they have Yu-Gi-Oh. Is where it was there. Yep, was you're so right about weird. that. I remember just like every time I would see a, a card pack with Playmaker on it, I would be like, damn, the show doesn't even air here. <laughs> Do huh. the kids even know? Do kids even know him? I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. We can't talk about brains. No. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Do you have any this. any feelings on the dub I haven't already expressed? I just, no, I just think it's I fun. Mean, I think it's just genuinely enjoyable we to were, watch. We were going to talk about dubbing. Just kind uh, of our gripes with the dubbing. 
I'll talk about versus it. Versus localization versus censorship kind of thing. Yeah. And how it relates to different markets. Because we've talked about it. We, we do talk a lot about It's not necessarily to defend for kids. Yeah. Some I, of the stuff they did was I bad. I just think localization like, is not the devil like a lot of anime fans think no, it is. it's not. Um, well, well, you have to think about it. They were making a show essentially for children. I know that's a... Everyone's like, they got all riled up when you say you something is like a kid's show, it's meant for kids. But at the same time, that's why we're here talking about it, because yeah. it did such a good job of what it was supposed to be. Yeah, we enjoyed it a lot as kids, and enjoyed it a lot as adults. Look, sad, sad adults. Two decades later, we are still talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! But yeah, like, some things need to be kind of changed for that local market, especially for the, like, the age range. I get that. I, it's fine. I think Yugi's legs should have gotten sawed off. <laughs> I, I, I think I could have handled that. I think I would have loved to see that. <laughs> do I prefer my Yu-Gi-Oh! original subtitled? Yeah. Do I, but, do uh, I prefer my Yu-Gi-Oh! with the colors not fucking oh, yeah. sandblasted out of They did a side-by-side, side, somebody on YouTube, and just the saturation, oh, is just, the brightness, it looks terrible. They absolutely destroy it. They it's so ruined sad. the just dark atmosphere of the show. I mean, it's a testament to how the art style is and how the art and the overall violence. looks. Because that I, I still, still got the impression of the art and the violence. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's like just bright and oh, it looks washed I out like and ugly. The, I'm not going to talk about 5Ds for long, but I really like the no. part where one guy clearly has a big pile of wine and they just photoshop a, oh, wa- yeah. a water symbol a little yeah, drop did. of water and then they paint it blue. the whole pearson we can get that and, and they time. put they it's so good like some of the paint over stuff they did like, were that's the kind good. of stuff where i'm with everybody and i'm like okay yeah that's dumb i just i i'm not 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 to be like the chad hyam savan because i do not think he's a chad <laughs> no. uh i like that they're in the digimon shows there's just uncensored big ashtrays overflowing with cigarettes there's japanese everywhere there's like well here's the thing i brought this up last time so four kids would just was like okay we were making something for like we gotta get we have to have everything clean because okay, we gotta do the Spanish version, we gotta do the English version, we gotta do the French version. Which makes sense since that was the... what they were doing with Pokemon. Exactly. Well, Pokemon's probably e- was easier to do. But then they made the. I cards. won't speak too much on Pokemon internal stuff because I I don't know much. No. <laughs> I did watch some some weird documentary internal documentaries made by four kids to like see what they were like. <laughs> they were all just weird. Because <laughs> obviously they were meant to be watched by kids, so I, I couldn't get any good opinions on working for four kids. No. But yeah, that's I, I just feel like people are a little too hard. I like, look, One Piece. You can, you can say that, and I'm like, no, yeah. That's, that was a shit that show. That was a, not they, a good idea. I do think the rap is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> the, the One Piece. What about the Yu-Gi-Oh rap that was in that uh, promo? The Toys R Us one? Uh, but and I then, think, I think... We, we said a lot that we wanted to say. I'm going to cut every time I do like this round, this like uh, summarizing. Here's what we said. But I think it was fun. It. We got a lot of little nostalgic points in. We talked about the craze. We talked about... Why did why do reporters say such weird things about you do Why did all of the like people who were just like adults at that point say unhinged shit they just made up shit about Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> they really did because just... i looked at that you read them and i'm just like like i'm trying to figure out if four kids had press release language that was similar and they were parroting it but i've seen the tape that's welcoming you to the world of Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever <laughs> and it doesn't phrase it like that oh because no. because oh let's talk about the toys r us tape because it was like 
yeah, an yeah, invitation yeah. to Duelist Kingdom. Yeah, I have it on my shelf. I didn't know it existed until I saw it at a former workplace, and, and I grabbed it. I, I, do, said, okay. I do love to dig up stuff like this. It's such a weird promotional piece. I grabbed it for 50 cents, and it was pretty wild. Is that the one that explains how to play the game a lot, and they use Joey for the narration instead no, of Pinky? No, 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 no. That's separate. This was about the anime. That's that's good. And it's got that weird rap song where he's, he's like, my grandfather's been kidnapped. Where'd he go? I don't know. <laughs> if I could hear him, though. Wait, wait. Oh, oh, to be just sitting in the booth making clown music at four kids. I love that. There is um, a clean version of that because it's on one of the McDonald's CDs. So we can do karaoke to it? This is great news. Not a clean, not, not, not what you're thinking. I mean, that doesn't have the promo noises in it. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't think there's anything explicit in that rap. No, I confused you <laughs> And there's with that. not a karaoke. It's not no. an off vocal, and there's not swears gotten rid of. When I meant clean, I meant without the noises. Where's my grandpa? Fuck if I know. <laughs> Let's <laughs> find the heart of the cards, though. Are we ready? Are we ready to pull into the home stretch, which is reading what some else fan fiction? Fan- fan- We're reading some fan fiction. Okay. I don't know what you're gonna Eldritch Abomination you're gonna unleash on me. I have an idea. I this is this is um, our favorite fanfiction author who I found um, simply through searching Yu-Gi-Oh confessions on. I think I read like all of them to you. I've been saving this one because I've never uh, we've read a lot of this person. Let's let's just let's just yeah, get it on the table. This, this is Kai, this is Kaiba Slave Girl thirty four, uh, yes. who is a media genius. This is almost 2,000 words, so this is going to take a really long time. <laughs> Should I get a shorter one? Oh, what's the best one to start with? This I is, know. um, this song is based on a, a song by Eric Stewart, though, that he sings. So <laughs> the, the real Eric Stewart? Yes. Not, like, a fake Eric yes. Stewart in a store? No, yes. It's, no, the it's, real it's, Eric. It's, it's, it's Because he has a band. It's tagged as a real person fic. Well, he has a band. Eric Stewart has a band. Do you want to start with the, the Diet Pepsi one instead? <laughs> I love the Diet Pepsi one. <laughs> that was so good. Okay, so I did find Eric long. Stewart's song that's mentioned in this fic. That's an ad. <laughs> Shut up. We're going to cut this, but we are going to... Two ads! Yeah, YouTube has, like, multiple ads now. hate it. So this is Eric Stewart's song. The song's too boring, we're not listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can we even do this? Do you trouble? Do you want to read a 2,000 word? Oh, so much of this is lyrics, I think we're going to be able to manage this. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so here's the thing. This person writes a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! stories and crossovers, and they're all very, very absurd, um, which is what I love to see. Um, it's, just, it, it's a look into a mind. Uh, I found them while we were looking at Yu-Gi-Oh! Confessions, and I saw this like god-awful Photoshop of Yu-Gi and a girl from Full House. And they were writing letters to each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were pen Yeah, pals. they were. It's weird. And then it didn't we, make any sense. We go, on, uh, we go into their page, and they've just, like, only got fix like this. So I'm in their, in their page. <laughs> oh, this is a beautiful picture of Yugi and Buffy. Um, Kaiba and the Hunt. There's a really good one where Kaiba is a vampire who kills serial killers. There you go. But this, this is called the CEO and the Pepsi girl. 
There's uh, Let Freedom Ring. <laughs> Former Mean Girls in Jail. Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this right. Let's uh, let's just dive into mm-hmm. dive into one of these. I feel like right. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on which one you consider like seminal? You're 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 the the oh, fan man. works expert. Fine. I know I'm, nothing. I'm the fan works expert. I've read a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh fan works. Actually, not I've that never, many. I've read like none. I I didn't read fan works of Yu-Gi-Oh when I was like younger. I just like read a bunch after I watched Dark Side of Dimension, and that's sort of which my is good. my evil. We will get to that backstory movie. where I read a bunch of cringe Yu-Gi-Oh fan fiction and I had a great time. Hmm. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna. This is, we're gonna crack open this one from the vault. Um, I'm mm-hmm. gonna lose my voice on it. It's the first time I've read this one. This is live. You got it. Should I play Eric Stewart's song though? Well, <laughs> well. So this is. I've never heard this one. That's, this is called "A Boy in Love with You." So is Kaiba going to be in love with Eric Stewart? I don't know. <laughs> that's actually, that's a good question. That would be wild. Uh, that's, is that self obsessed if they're technically not the same guy? or A fictional mm-hmm. guy who played... Who played a guy. A real guy who plays a fictional guy, but he's also real. I don't know. I'm going to leave this behind. <laughs> Let's set the scene. All right. We're cracking this one open it. for the first time. Yeah. That's mm. very exciting. I don't know. This it was one nighttime at all. in Los Angeles, California. However, nights in the city of Los Angeles, as Los Angeles is often called, were never yeah. very peaceful or quiet. Muggers shouted curses at each other and at the sky. Sometimes they fought each other both physically and verbally in battles or brawls. The drunkards usually roamed the streets looking for some money to buy liquid courage, as they call it. Call girls were often out looking for a good time and to earn money to pay the bills. Pole dancers, exotic dancers, and strip clubs would perform for guys looking for both to tickle their fancy and something to give them ideas for a story that some of them wanted to write. Where is the Yu-Gi-Oh coming? (laughs) Where's why is Eric Stewart in this place? <laughs> what? <laughs> and the guys looking to drown their troubles. You see this hat? Into the nightclubs, looking for a cool dance or a good drink to take their minds into a version of paradise. In the living okay. room of a mansion on 20, 2313 South Bundy Drive was a black piano. Seated in front of it was a man, 43 years of age, with black hair and dark brown eyes, set in a face most would call handsome. His name was Eric Stewart. Not his hat? He wears, like, one of those hats. You know, you, I could see it on him. There you go. Eric took a deep breath and placed mm-hmm. his fingers on the piano key. Then notes began filling the air as Eric began to play the piano. Thank you. That was very repetitive, but thank you. Soon, a deep cowboy-like voice began to fill the room. He's from New York, right? <laughs> Baby, I'm still a boy in love with you! As Eric sang, his powerful voice filled the room and fly through the house. A young man stepped into the room and leaned against the entryway in the living room. He was tall, probably about 6'2", and wearing black slacks and a long-sleeved black shirt without buttons. And a belt which had a beveled engraving of KC, a large flowing purple trench coat, oh, we're going with that version. With pronounced shoulders, wide arms, long flowing bottom, and a pair of steel cuffs, cuffs about the forearms, and he had very—I know what he looks like. <laughs> had very, They're going like with season three. Very high black boots with a raised heel on the or back. Four. Chestnut bangs hit his cobalt eyes, which were like glaciers. Eric Stewart keeps singing during this part. The young man <laughs> smiled a secret smile to himself. We needed to be told that. <laughs> headed up to where Eric was, and he stopped beside the piano. Then he laced his finger tips on top of the piano, 
watching Eric's fingers as, as he played the piano keys like he did whenever he saw Eric playing his guitar. Okay, wing, do they live together? Are they in love? He couldn't. I love that this 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 line gives us some lore that Eric Stewart and Kaiba have been near each other before this, where he played guitar, where, okay. where Eric played some guitar. We're getting in. Kaiba couldn't put it into words, but he liked seeing the actor who voiced him on Yu-Gi-Oh! play his own music. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he thought it was kind of neat. Wait, what? No, don't worry. Finally, when the last notes of the song then faded into the air, Eric took his hands off the piano keys, let them rest in his lap, and looked down at them. <laughs> okay. He was content okay. to just let the silence speak its volume. In volumes that words didn't or couldn't find the courage to express. After, are they in love? After I don't all, know. silence does speak a lot, especially when there's only one person in one room. What? Sometimes words aren't needed to express one's feelings. Are they the same person and in love? Usually, silence works just fine. Hmm. Hey, Eric said a voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Eric said a voice, interrupting Eric's music. Musics. Eric looked up, wondering who the voice was. Whoever it is, it knows my name. He thought, "What? <laughs> Wait." I'm up here, so, silly. I'm up here. I can't do a kind of voice. <laughs> <laughs> is this like the post-dimensional merge world? <laughs> Where the characters are real? Eric then looked up. He thought he was the type of guy who sought thrills and adventure. You need to know the whole time that Eric, Eric Stewart is wearing the worst fedora you've ever seen in your life. Because he always wears one. Yeah. <laughs> thrills and adventure. He blinked half in surprise and half in shock. There, sitting on the piano itself, was the character he voiced on Yu-Gi-Oh! The very same character that everyone else saw as Kaiba Corp's CEO, who's handsome, but has his heart encased in a block of ice because of the abusing abusive treatment he, he suffered at the hands of his stepfather. However, Eric saw him as kind of like James Vaughn. Gadgets, gadgets, gadgets. That does sound like something he would say in an interview. I bet that is a direct quote. Um, Maybe it is. Hello, Eric. Eric couldn't believe it. Kaiba was able to talk, and he was talking in Eric's voice. <laughs> because cause he is Eric. That's the choice. How, Eric said, how are you able to talk with my voice? Kaiba simply <laughs> smirked. You should know that I'm connected to you, silly. After, why is he calling him silly? So, 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 when does Brock walk in? Because he's also voiced by I Eric I want Stewart. Brock to walk in halfway through this fic, even though he He walks in, I've got a, it's a drying pan. Uh, frying pan is a I'm drying pan. I'm connected to you, silly. After all, I've read all about you, and I must say, you have a great job. Of br you do a great job of bringing me to life with your voice. Eric blinked. <laughs> uh, thanks. You're welcome. And that song of yours, it's really good. And I have to say, you have a really great singing voice too. <laughs> so, so Kaiba's just saying how awesome he is because he's he's voiced by Eric Stewart. Smiling, Eric replies, cool, thanks, cool. Kaiba, but how were you able to track you down? Finished Kaiba. His smile then transfigured into his well-known trademark smirk that many men and women both knew and fear all too well. It's quite simple, really. I did a little detective work and found out where you that you were right here in this very house. Plus, I heard that you have your own band, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is happening? So, he added, I'm like James Bond's with, with the gadgets, huh? That must be something. It must be something Eric Stewart has said in an interview. <laughs> Why? What? Eric nodded, feeling it wouldn't do much good to tell a lie. He believed the truth was better, and that it was always best to do a mega-honest job about something. <laughs> yes, he explained in reply. Then he began to mull things over in his mind, like he usually did. Yep, <laughs> Harry Stewart is a human being who has thoughts. He has a brain. <laughs> what he can he, think. What he had brain. said was the truth. 
After all, in his in his mind, Kaiba reminded him of himself. If except Eric was never the type of CEO that's able to run a multi-billion dollar company, use computer skills to hack into other people's progress reports or financial records and change them. Did Kaiba actually do any or of that? something along those lines, or say something like, "You're all fired, and I suggest you leave before I really lose my temper and take more than just your jobs," or even add, "Don't test me, you slime," either. <laughs> Instead. Eric was the nice guy and a sucker for adventure and drama. He secretly, he always secretly thought so to himself. (laughs) So, so there's either two scenarios happening here. There's two. One, this, this author predicted the dimensional merge. This is what's going to happen. That's right. After the dimensions become one. Are you telling me that Kaiba's going to find Eric Stewart and not his Japanese voice actor or Kazuki? (laughs) That, that, that's going to become complicated. Because I thought that part of the dimensional merge lore was that it's your OCs come to you. <laughs> and I want to see all of my cringe uh, cringe goth girls I made you're right. when I was a teen. I, you're right about that. So the other option is... But I think a director, someone who is both a director and an actor, brings a lot to a character. That's true. So you could say that you're Eric right. made Kaiba in a sense. But the other, the other, the other thing is maybe Eric Stewart is imagining all this. And Do you think Eric's... that Eric Stewart is dying at the piano because the chandelier <laughs> fell on him? He's just that's like... that's the creepy pasta version. <laughs> His hands are twitching at the piano as he dies. This is the creepy pasta and, version. And he's just imagining for some reason Seto Kaiba coming to tell him how awesome he is. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like what? I wonder what Eric Stewart thinks the most awesome part of his life is because I always think it's wild that he toured with uh, an, a member of the Beatles. Maybe when he did that. Crunchy... I mean, that member of the Beatles is Ringo Starr, so that's kind of lame. But like. What about when That's he, a plus. What about it, when he did that Crunchyroll video with the dragons in it, and he had to rate the dragons, and he looked at Toro, and he was just like, what did, what did anime he girl, what? He didn't like when uh, dragons turned into anime girls with big titties, which, bad news for Seto Kaiba's <laughs> backstory. Um, <laughs> that kind of is. He, oh. doesn't, he doesn't know that. I'm sorry, we do have to keep going. Yes, yes. Finish the story. <laughs> Kaiba then noticed the dreamy, far-off look on Eric's face. That wasn't new to him either. He had heard that his VA would sometimes get lost in his own thoughts. Yes, because he's the thinking being, after all. So with <laughs> it's not that, like he's the director he then reached da- down and tapped under Eric's chin. That instantly woke Eric from his chin as he blinked with puzzlement. Oh, wow, that sure was quite the train of thought I got stuck on, and by accident, too. Ah, I see. Was I on that train as well? Eric thought that over. Well, I guess. <laughs> you guess? <laughs> Then, for the second time that day, Eric was bitten by the honesty bug, if there was such a thing. Yeah, it's just sometimes without warning I get lost in my own thoughts, It's but it's all like, it, but all it takes is a loud sound, like the slamming of a car door, to bring me back to reality. How researched do you think this is? Do you think Eric Stewart is like this? Or do they just make up a version of Eric Stewart to write about? Oh my god. I, real person fic is so weird like that. It's weird. Jeez, he added, rubbing his head. Sometimes I feel like I need help putting my thoughts together. It's almost like they're pieces of a puzzle or something. Kaiba thought that over. Then he replied, forget seeing a shrink, Eric. You have to talk. You have me to talk to and you have money. (laughs) Why would you feel as though your thoughts are messed up? (laughs) How much money do you think Eric Stewart has? Uh, And speaking of money, why haven't you been treating yourself? I don't know. He's, he's a <laughs> voice spending spree director. every now and then. I love the thought that Kaiba would be loose with his money. Oh my god, they're gonna go shopping. 
I love how this this like Eric has to have lots of money. He worked on Yu-Gi-Oh. So I'm like, how much does a voice director actually make? Like I don't think that much. I I got some uh, internal internal <laughs> from the, the the Glassdoor reviews. I thought it seemed like people were were not getting paid mad money at Four Kids. Wow. Who would have hmm. thunk? So so is so is Kaiba's money real? Is Kaiba is <laughs> no, like no? We have to keep going. This oh. is so long. He then pointed to the table three feet away. I'm sometimes I'm getting rid of dialogue tags because they're just they're just redundant. Yeah, they uh, are. away from the piano where Eric's wallet was sitting. It was a Chanel patent patent green wallet. He is spending money, and it cost Eric only fifty five dollars. It seemed to be filled to the brim with money. Interesting. Uh, so this is this is like the exact opposite of the other fic uh, where um, <laughs> Seto Kaiba teaches uh, 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 Cody about debit cards and how to be good <laughs> with his money. And, and, Cody and they're at from, McDonald's. Cody from uh, Sweden. From Zach Cody. yes. <laughs> Just so that's clear. We'll talk about how many of this person's fics we've read at this point. So, so there's still more of this. Yes. Oh as soon as Kaiba held out his hand, much to Eric's surprise, the wallet rose into the air and floated into Kaiba's palm! Then, before he knew it, Kaiba reached down with his free hand. This person has such a different vision of Kaiba. Uh, took Eric's left hand, turned it over, bit? and placed his wallet into it. What? Should I spoil the bit? Not yet. Kaiba? No? <laughs> oh, you know what it is. I know we'll exactly what it is. We'll get to it. Okay, so he's got the wallet. Eric, just think of all these dollars sitting there in your wallet doing nothing. They could be going to you with you to the shopping center and being spent on something special. I'm going to kill myself. Wait. Kaiba's so, eyes see I think Kaiba's very thrifty. I don't see him as like a guy that spends so, a lot of money on personal so, stuff. So Kaiba the wallet flew into Kaiba's <laughs> hand and he was just like, Look at all this money you can spend. <laughs> what? Continue. Kaiba's eyes okay. seemed to glow with a light that that looked white in color in contrast <laughs> to the cobalt orb set in the face. Eric had heard many of Kaiba's fan called handsome in Yu-Gi-Oh fanfics and, and crossovers. You think Yuki? You think I, Eric? You think Eric Stewart reads those? He's legally not allowed to. Eric wanted I mean, to say could, no, I or I won't help you. But he knew better than to argue with Kaiba, even though Kaiba was a part of him. A part of him, he knew he could never shake off his shoulders like one would shake off a coat or cloak. He had read all of those Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> stories written by fans that no one had ever said no to Kaiba! I'm I sure. love the thought that, that that Eric Stewart reads, like, definitely horny Kaiba <laughs> fanfiction. God, no! No Never one ever told. I'm sorry. You could say no. You could not say so, no to Kaiba in a way that is not a horny context. I just wanted. <laughs> Nobody ever told Kaiba what to do or how things should be done either. Instead, Kaiba did as he wished. To argue with Kaiba, one observed was to sign one's death warrant, or so the Apparently. rumor went. Finally, Eric said, "Well, all right, then I'll do it." Okay, we only have a few paragraphs left. We're safe at the oh, San God. Francisco shopping center. Kaiba raised his eyebrows and he sat, as he sat across the table in the food cart, watching Eric take slow bites of a piece of pepperoni pizza he got at the Esparo food court. Apparently, Eric was so hungry he felt like eating the first thing he saw on the menu. I take it, Eric, that all of that piano playing made you agree. Wow, Kaiba. Eric swallowed and then nodded. Never again. Definitely, he replied. At least I know. At, 
at least I know I can keep my energy levels up. Plus, I'm going to need all the energy I can. And being a singer isn't as easy as some people think either. I know that for sure. He then took a sip of his Coca-Cola. And, and as he oh, did this, Kaiba studied his features. Eric looked quite handsome, even for a man that was 43 years of age. I think he loved. His black hair looked great. And his chocolate... Does this person want to fuck both Eric Stewart and Kaiba? Anyway, sorry. We'll get to that. And his dark chocolate eyes were really neat. Especially since they were set in a face most people would not only call handsome, but inspiring as well. Plus, Eric had talent. Raw, inspired, and very natural talent. He just needed something to help him cultivate it and help it grow in the right directions, sure. like one would with a plant. Yeah. It was then that an idea came to Kaiba's mind. Wait a minute. Get to his Cultivate it and help it grow like a plant. He then smirked. He oh, knew no. this wasn't the real Eric Stewart, but then again, maybe it was! Maybe he did hide this person inside of himself. Maybe it had been there all along and only needed the proper person to pull it him, pull it out of him. He would be that man. <laughs> what? Kaiba? What? So, 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 so is, is he, is, is Eric Stewart, we're going with possibility two, he's imagining Kaiba in his mind palace. And Kaiba, in his mind. Are you telling is sitting alone at Esparo in the food court of the San Francisco Disco Mall just treating himself. Yeah. And Kaiba's like, man, you gotta you have so handsome. more uh-huh. confidence. And you're so beautiful so with your beautiful. chocolate-colored <laughs> eyes and your really good hair. You're so beautiful and talented, King. You don't need to wear that wear that fedora. You've got so much hair underneath it. <laughs> Why? Like, the, the author just keeps saying, man, Eric Stewart handsome I don't... i'm so glad i waited for this one it was so weird i i've kind of spaced out. i have no idea what's happening i'm just i'll just come back in i'll be like what is happening uh, the, uh this person a lot of time writes about people oh. playing songs and and then that then characters will go shopping or something in another part they'll drink the diet coke they will drink they love to do drink a we'll brand. get to that one they, we do have branded uh drinking beverages so i guess eric stewart is imagining Seto kaiba that was very in interesting mind. um <laughs> i don't know what i got out of that oh is it done it is done oh, done. <laughs> he would oh. become that man finny that's it there's that's no the answers end. it is just that he would become that man so with all the weirdly... No, he knew this wasn't the real Eric Stewart, but then again, maybe it was. This is the final paragraph. Maybe okay, he hid okay. that person inside of himself. Maybe it had been there all along, and he only needed the proper person to pull it out of him. He would be that man. This is Kaiba thinking this. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that got very... Well, one Kaiba would never do this. <laughs> yeah, one Kaiba would not do this. I, I can kind of see where it's coming from now. They were like, they got those facts, themes, and characters of Yu-Gi-Oh! that we talked about That's right. way earlier. <laughs> and they were like, what if we gave it to the real Eric Stewart? <laughs> I don't understand. Why? <laughs> like, there's this really weird portrayal of Eric Stewart. Like, is Eric Stewart known to act like this? I don't know. It's, I don't it's know. very like lost what? in thought. It's like sort of doubting his raw and inspired and very natural talent as it's yeah, in yeah. one they, quote. The author just turned Eric Stewart into Yugi. <laughs> That's fair. That's you're, what I was saying. You're right. And I was you're like right. it just dawned on me after you read that paragraph again, I was like Wait. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wait a second. Wait. It it really is. This it's isn't. Just... This should be a fic with uh with Yugi and Dan Green. <laughs> that would make more sense. 
I, I don't like, think Dan Green would go to the Esboro. I think he would go to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that long hair that he's got Aww, majestic. Dan, Dan Green looks so fucking cool. I'm not. I'm, I would... <laughs> not making fun of him. He does. He looks no, cool. he's like he's like got he's rocking his like gray old man long hair, and he looks fucking awesome. He looks like a metalhead. It's it's too bad that he retired from voice acting, and he's only I come mean, back like it was a, great that he came back for the movie. a couple of Yu-Gi-Oh's things. Yeah. Sometimes he reads awkward Japanese press releases. Yeah, they had him do the the sevens game that's coming here without the anime, and it was just so awkward. And I was like, "What?" Yeah, I'm gonna let you behind the. I'm gonna let the uh, the listeners behind the curtain a little bit. Kaiba Slave Girl, I mentioned before, we found them randomly on archiveofgrown.org. You can find them too. Um, They have like a very specific oeuvre. Yes, they're named Kaiba Slave Girl 34, so they do (laughs) write about Kaiba a lot. And it is always like weirdly horny. But I just, I don't understand their vision of Kaiba. It's it's not. It's summed up (laughs) in another line. Um, It's summed up in another line in another story. It's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly what's going on. Yeah, but we can't, Kaiba, we'll get to the, it. Their version of Kaiba loves to sort of like meddle in people's like self esteem <laughs> journeys. This version of Kaiba like loves to help people, which I just sorry to Kaiba. Don't think he wants to do that at all. When, but they they like the idea of him as like a sundere, like somebody who's like so very weird. hard on the outside, or maybe a kudore. Where he seems very hard and cold, mm. but actually he's really nice and he wants to help Eric Stewart with his self-discovery <laughs> mission or whatever. What? Like, I don't, I don't get also, it. Also, is Kaiba magic? Because he did float uh, Eric Stewart's <laughs> Chanel wallet. <laughs> I do not think we talk enough about that. Oh, it happened and I was like, wait, did that, did that actually just happen? Like, the wallet okay, just Okay, so here's the thing. Kaiba when the sand. dimensional wor- merge happens, this is going to happen. Okay. This is going to happen to Eric Stewart. So, that, so that's... And uh, <laughs> Kazuki can hang out with, like, uh, Yugi. There you go. Got Yugi it. and the Pharaoh, and then he will have to try not to get caught in twisted traps by all of the scary, <laughs> weird dudes he made that are insane. Exactly. He's gonna have to run around in his Yu-Gi-Oh sta- skateboard that he has. He's gonna have to run from uh, Eric and Bakura and all the scary dudes. I would love to visit Studio Dice someday. Oh my god. I, I, uh, I don't know if they'd let me in the door. I'd be like that angry Eric Andre meme. Let me in! Let me in! So I don't know what to say. What I, are we doing next? What are we we this is this is where thing? I had uh, this is what I had as as our finale, but I I don't know okay. where how to denew us into an ending. Yes. To to back us up out of this parking space so I can We've we've got on like dimensional merge, <laughs> possible psychosis for Eric Stewart. <laughs> Those are phrases. We 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 we've talked about the craze. We've talked about the, the early two thousands. We didn't talk about Tristan's first uh, voice actor's uh, role in nine eleven history. If you want to sum up that briefly to tie this under nine eleven, your favorite thing. I don't love nine eleven. You know what's turning? Two things are turning twenty in uh, uh, this September, which is. <laughs> Um, of course, Yu-Gi-Oh! in September of 11th. Um, but yeah, just the first guy that played Tristan, uh, him and his yeah. wife, I believe, were out. Obviously, their four kids is, is placed in New York, and they were just out that day. And they got... And he got the footage they, from they that. They got some very historic... And he sold it. They got some very historic footage, and it's in a lot of documentaries. That's, that's really all there is to that story. Is there but it's such re- a weird Yu-Gi-Oh! connection. It really is. Like, you don't, you don't think of anything like that. Is there a reason they changed... Uh, Tristan know. and Greg Abbey. Because uh, it's not like they didn't give other people weird, stuffy, head-cold voices. It was weird. They they changed Because it seemed like a decision specifically designed to make him sound cooler. 
Maybe that's what it was. Like, or maybe there was some dispute about the contract or whatever. And they just, like, like, get Greg Abbey Greg can Abbey play instead. a cool character. Like, I think he's okay for Yusei. He was fine as Yusei. One I, of the only casting that didn't have a problem I with. I think Tristan is the unsung hero of Yu-Gi-Oh. He's so funny. <laughs> I love, I love when he we throws, can't forget I love when he throws the bloody rib like a frisbee like, into the woods. It. He just chucks it. And they're like, Tristan, where's the rig? And he's like, I threw it. I threw it. We can't forget the I, classic. I wish there was more of an emphasis on Tristan being like in this insane world of fucking uh, card sharks and monsters <laughs> and uh, and magic and shit. And he's just a normal dude. And I was going to say, I was going to say that there kind of is in the first season. When he's when Joey's dueling Mai and Tristan runs off because he's like I can't help Joey and <laughs> oh, no. he feels useless because you know they're they're stowaways they had nothing to do with this plot they're just there yeah they're just hanging out it it blows my mind that uh, you you told me recently that Dulles Kingdom is like forty eight forty eight hours, hours and not like yes. a month <laughs> yes it's only a couple of days I always imagine it was it was so long I mean logistically it makes sense but it goes on for like thirty episodes all right we have shredded the shit out of our voices yeah we have <laughs> we have got to get out of this hot room and get a it's get really some hot. fucking water it's really um, hot, I don't have a, a closing statement about Yu Gi Oh I love love it uh, ten out of ten I think I got a good question ooh. What what will we are we asking our our listeners? No no no. no. Oh yeah. for me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. You can answer it, and that'll be the end of it. Oh god, please. We even talked about favorite cards. Oh fuck yeah. Favorite card. Favorite yeah. card. Do I have a favorite card? Yeah. I really like. Do you? Is this a, a, a question? Yeah. I'm, I, I really like to change of heart. For some reason, as a kid, I was like, wow. Oh, Bakura Stan. I I th- I thought Bakura was cool. It's a decent card. It's not He's bad. a cool dude. Uh, and Rescue Cat, <laughs> as I said as I said earlier. Um, <laughs> There was one the other one you liked, like a ghost cat or something. Oh! I forgot what it was. Oh my god, it's it's like a kitty in a Lolita dress, and it has like a little goldfish in its hair. It's, oh, I don't know what it's called, but it's really cute. Um, I love that motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I mean, all the classic cards are sort of the cool. Like, I mean, Dark Magician, Red Eyes. It took them 20 years to make a Dark Magician, Red Eyes Fusion. A blue eyes, blue eyes, a dragon. If I have to pick one that I really like, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick um, Junk Synchron. Oh fuck yeah! You, that should be obvious. Any anyway, this this has been uh, one one card short. Uh, one day late. A I don't know sibling odyssey through the Yu-Gi-Oh universe for its twentieth anniversary, and thank you for listening. Just a game